welcome to the Franchise You Podcast, where key industry leaders provide education and inspiration. Here's your host, Dr. Kathy Gosser, the director of the Yum Center for Global Franchise Excellence at the University of Louisville. So welcome back to Franchise You. And with me today, I have Ashley Mitchell. And I am so thrilled to have Ashley with us. She's the Vice President of Marketing at Streamline Brands, which we're going to unpack in just a minute. To get started, Ashley, first, you are a graduate of Wayne State University. You know, I always have to start with the education, but you have a major in marketing with a specialization in advertising communications. So you started your career at Disney, which laid the foundation for your love of all things marketing and it seems kids. So you've had quite a career over the past 20 years. Um, Let's talk about that first before we leap into franchising. So welcome, Ashley. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Kathy. So great to be here. Appreciate you having me. Of course. So you have had quite a journey. First of all, Ashley, tell us about your love of marketing and how you knew, even in college, that this was your path. Yeah, so I actually didn't know at the beginning. Um, When I first started college, I had no idea what I wanted to be when I grew up. Um, When I was a kid, I never even knew when people asked me. Um, So when I started school, my dad was like, you're really good at math and science. And you're a girl, you should be an engineer, because there's not a lot of girl and women engineers. So like, you should go and do that. And I was like, okay, so I started going for engineering. And I got so I took all of the super hard chemistry and biology and calc two and all the like intense classes you have to take for an engineering degree. And then an intro to engineering class. So I took that intro to engineering class, I walked in the first day, everyone opened up their computers, and nobody was talking. And that's when I realized that I couldn't do that. (laughs) Because I just like people too much. And so I I quickly after that first semester, I finished that and then tried to figure out what to do, ended up going into the business school, took a marketing class and really enjoyed it. And so that just led me down to, you know, the last two years of my college career, just taking all things marketing. And that led into some you know additional advertising courses and things like that. I'm so glad you said that because I always talk to um, my students about, gosh, you got to have a passion for what you do. And you knew right away that engineering is great for some, but not for you. Yes, (laughs) I I get that. So you left college and you had a dream job. You started as an intern at Disney and then you went back there after a few other marketing roles. But then you jumped into another franchise, another swim school franchise. Tell us why you made the leap to franchising. Um, It's totally accidental. Um, As I think most people, it is accidental. Um, I think, you know, more more and more now people are going into it and understand what franchising is. There's more of a name for franchising and people understand it and actually set out to be in franchising. I didn't. Um, I worked for Disney, loved it. I worked for the local marketing arm of the company. So I lived outside of Detroit. I was responsible for all things anything that Disney wanted to promote on a local level from any of their global properties, we would do locally in Michigan and Northern Ohio. And so I did that. And then in, I want to say it was 2014, they decided to take all of their operations to Burbank and just travel to do the local activations. I didn't had no desire to move to Burbank, California. So I stayed and I worked with a lot of different clients that we had at Disney that wanted, needed to fill that hole of, okay, now what do I do? Mm-hmm. And I'd worked there so long that I knew and understood their businesses and their challenges and what they were looking to do. So did a lot of consulting and through that consulting ended up consulting for another franchise company who then brought me in house. So that's how I got totally accidental was just doing a bunch of freelancing that freelancing led to, you know, they were a very young emerging brand at the time needed to bring somebody in house to help with their marketing. And that's how I got in and 
left for a tiny bit, but then got sucked back in. <laughs> oh, I totally understand that. And I appreciate what you say about almost being the accidental franchise executive, because I think that's happened to so many of us. And as many marketing professionals do, you left that franchise, you went to the agency side for a bit, and then you started back with a soccer brand and now Streamline Brands. Can you tell us just a little bit about that journey as well? Yeah, so every position that I've had has really happened due to some sort of relationships that I had all kind of happened accidental. I was never looking for a job when any of these things happened. So when I went to the agency side, I actually was working with them. They were a partner of ours at that franchise, and I was working on a movie partnership with them. And so I went to have a meeting with them to talk about the partnership we were doing. And while I was there, our rep there was like, you know, our owner really wants to talk to you. We were having a meeting this morning. One of the senior people on our team is leaving. We can't find anyone to replace them. We think that you would be like a perfect person. Do you want to talk to them? And I was like, I mean, I'll have a conversation. I'm not looking to leave, you know, how the story goes. And so sat down and had a conversation and then it ended up being an offer that I couldn't refuse. Seemed like it was a great fit for me. And so went to the agency side. One thing about the agency side that I realized is I'm a brand person. And so working on multiple brands that didn't have any relation or any, you know, I was working on a data center in one call and then the next call working on the Henry Ford, which is a, you know, destination. And so there just was no correlation to what I was doing. I had to switch my brain on and off with vastly different things. And I felt like I couldn't really be passionate about any one brand because there was so many. And so I realized that I needed to have something that I felt like I could own Um, And also not, you know, when you're on the agency side, you can give recommendations, they can take them or they cannot. And so that was something that was hard for me too. So franchising kind of gives me a balance of being able to work with franchisees where there are things that we can tell them they have to do from a brand perspective, but then they have to shepherd the brand and they're not always going to do it exactly the way that I would do it. But I still have ownership over that brand. And I think that that's where um, I found that really makes sense. So while I was at the agency, Again, I wasn't looking to leave. I just knew that it probably wasn't going to be super long term because of how I was feeling. Soccer Shots, which is a franchise concept based um, in Pennsylvania, they I had somebody that worked there at the time who she reached out to me and said they were looking for a VP of marketing, talked to their COO, said I was never moving to Pennsylvania. And then I moved to Pennsylvania and <laughs> worked there. So that's how that one happened. Um, and then Streamline was the same thing. They reached out and I was not looking to leave. And after conversations, I was like, well, I can't not join this team. So gosh, Ashley, you said a lot there and you said a couple of buzzwords. One was having a passion for your work and a passion for the brand. And I hear so many people in franchising talk about that. The other is this concept of building relationships because that's how growth occurs and opportunities occur. And you're obviously a walking example of that. So you've hit on two things that I teach on hard. So thank you. (laughs) But let's switch gears and talk about Streamline Brands. So Streamline Brands is a platform company that currently has five swim brands. And I'm going to see if I can say these first <laughs> or fast. This is this is kind of fun. Safe Splash, Swim Labs, Swim Tastic, Swim School, Safety Swim, and the Miller Swim School. Yes. And Good job. Thank you. It's, <laughs> I thought, boy, this is going to be fun to say. But the statement that really grabbed me was, quote, learning to swim is not a trend. It's a life skill. Can you share what that means? Yeah, everyone needs to know how to swim, um, no matter what, no matter where you live, if you live near water, if you love swimming, you don't have to be passionate about wanting to be the next Olympian to have to know how to swim. It is a life-saving skill. It, you know, drowning is 
unfortunately, the number one cause of accidental death mm -hmm. for children under the age of five. Mm -hmm. um, and you can drown in very little water, you know, and formal swimming lessons reduce that likelihood of drowning by 88%. So it is something that everyone needs to know how to do, not only from a safety perspective, but also from a quality of life. It helps, you know, families go on vacations and feel more comfortable. It helps, you know, kids being able to go to parties with their pool parties with their friends and things like that. It really just is something that is so transferable to every moment of your life. And so if you can keep yourself safe and also be able to have those life experiences, there's no reason that, you know, everyone doesn't need to know how to swim. Uh, that is it. Boy, that's a terrific lens to look at this through. And um, gosh, thanks for sharing that part. So, and I know that the market for swim schools is pretty big. Can you explain that? Yeah. Um, we need more swim schools because there's still, you know, 42 million children under the age of 18 have little or no swimming ability still oh. to this day. So there needs to be an opportunity for those people to have swim lessons and learn how to swim and learn how to swim the right way and get into the sport. Um, to be able to prevent those things from happening. There are so many pockets of white space out there where there's, can we can build more swim schools. You know, we have over 250 locations. We're not the only people in that run swim schools. You know, we are the largest franchisor and operator of swim schools, but there's a lot of other people out there that run them, but there's still places that need them. And so it's something that, you know, we're, growing so fast every day because we still have, you know, franchisees that come to us because they don't have a swim school in their area. And they're like, well, why don't I have a swim school here? Maybe I should open one. Oh gosh, it's great to hear about a franchise that has so much opportunity. And not only is it for social, it has a social aspect, but a real life safety aspect. So yeah. tell us about Streamline Brands, all the great things. Yeah. So one thing that's a little bit different about us from others is that we have a lot of optionality, optionality in our business where we can, you can open a swim school anywhere. So there are some swim school concepts that only go to where there's existing pools and they are part of that. There's others that will only do a dedicated four walled facility. We give our franchisees the opportunity to do both. Um, and we encourage them to. We do a lot of things with like a hub and a spoke model where they will open a hosted location, what we call it, where they go to other water. So it's whether it's a gym or a country club or, you know, a rec center, any of those places. And they like lease that water basically from that facility and run their program there. And then they also will build a dedicated facility. So we tell them to go find water and get started. And then they can get started pretty quickly. Like once they sign their franchise agreement, the construction process on a dedicated facility takes a lot longer. So that's a very long process, permitting all of those different things. Um, you know, that can take 18 months, two years sometimes, but they want to get started. So they can go to a market that we're not in and start getting the brand in that area, start teaching lessons while they're building their dedicated facility and so that they are able to get that revenue while they're building. And then also they can keep those locations open once they open their dedicated because they don't, it's a neighborhood business. At the end of the day, a swim school is a neighborhood business. Most of the time, people are not going to drive by one swim school to go to another. So they don't want to pull out of that neighborhood once they've established that and they're a place that families can go. So they keep that and they have the ability to do those simultaneously. And so it's a great revenue stream for franchisees. Oh my gosh, what a great thing to think about. Just go find water. And then yeah. you can use water. Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> that is really interesting. And you also have a positioning statement about being a cross-section of children's education and fitness. Can you expound on that? Yeah, so it's something that 
we are able to take kids and you know teach them we're teaching them skills but we're also getting them active and we're also teaching them using that activity and those skills to also build them outside of the pool as well. It's not just the swim skills that they're learning. They're learning socialization because they're learning with other kids. You know, they're learning about being confident. They're learning about being overcoming their fears. You know, a lot of people have a fear of water. And so they're overcoming that. They're learning that they can swim from one side of the pool to the other. When they first started, they didn't think that they could. So there's the education piece where we're teaching them the actual skills and they're getting that physical activity, but also the there's so much more to it, right? And like then for parents, seeing your kids accomplish those things and those milestones is huge. Oh, absolutely. And then you being the marketer, I have to ask you about this statement I read that your brands are your brands are a Amazon proof concept. What does yeah. that mean? Yeah. So you can't buy swim lessons on Amazon. You just can't. <laughs> like you need water to do it properly. Like you could maybe practice, you know, there are things that you can practice outside of the water from a technique perspective, but to actually learn how to swim, you need to be in the water and you need to have an instructor with you. You're not going to be able to teach yourself using a YouTube video or anything like that. Yeah. So it's, you know, one of the few things that's Amazon proof. And it's also a recession resistant business um, because of the safety aspect and because people in general are less likely to stop spending on their kids and pets in a recession. Mm-hmm. They're going to they keep spending on their kids. And then if they're going to have to choose between all these activities that their kids are in, they're likely going to choose the one that could save their life. And so, you know, we don't experience, you know, massive downturns during recessions like some other people do. So between being recession resistant and Amazon proof, it's a nice combination. (laughs) That is a nice combination, especially what we've all experienced um, over the last couple of years. I can see that. I want to jump into one of these unique partnerships you have, because not only do you have these great swim brands, and I know that it's children and adults that you teach all, but you have a partnership with Ironman. So we all know that Ironman means that people have to swim some incredible like two and a half miles. Yeah. So that's what that partnership looks like. Yeah. So we are lucky that we, you know, we don't, that's another thing I probably should have mentioned when I was talking about what makes Streamline different is that we start, you know, at babies and we go all the way through the life cycle, all the way up to adults, adult learn to swim. Cause a lot of adults don't know how to swim either, but then there's also the competitive side. So our swim labs business, we teach in tanks. So we teach in like an endless, like a pool, the pools that you've seen probably, you know, on TV, Olympians training in that they have a constant flow. So you swim against the flow um, that we teach in those tanks. And we also have technology alongside it where there's like, you know, a mirror on the bottom of the pool and we're filming them during their while they're swimming. And we can show them side by side with our champions library, which is videos that we've filmed of world champions and Olympians in the tanks doing the same strokes so that they can compare their strokes side by side. And then they can see, okay, how, what is this person doing with their stroke? That's different than mine. That's making them faster. Cause when you go and you do an Ironman, you want to be fast and you want to be able to have the stamina. So that partnership is, you know, working with local Ironman races and people coming in different groups that train together coming in and they might just, they might rent the tank and just, swim because they need to swim the distance and practice and it gives them the ability to do that year round um or like i said they want to get faster so they work with one of our coaches to really get them that technique that they need to be able to swim faster and you know shave that second off of their time i think that's a big differentiator is that not only do you have the swim schools for those as they're especially the younger the younger folks but and adults as well but then you have this competitive component so yeah. that is that is really fascinating 
you also have an eye on social responsibility. So I read about Ripples to Waves, and I'm going to let you discuss that wonderful initiative. Yeah, so giving back is part of our company culture. It's one of the pillars in our shared values in our company culture, and it's something that all of our franchisees are super passionate about, all of our corporate team. What can we do and how can we give back? And there's a lot of different ways that we do it, um, and that's where the name Ripples to Waves comes from. Every Everything is a ripple that can cause a wave. And so everything we do combined is what's making those waves and making that difference. So we'll partner with a lot of different charities. We do, you know, we partner with USA Swimming on some things at a national level. Locally, a lot of franchisees will do stuff that will give back to the local community, or maybe they're giving scholarships. Um, Maybe they're working with a local foundation that has, you know, some sort of race that's going toward a charity and they're donating their time. There's all sorts of different things that we do. We try to not make it one size fits all intentionally, because going back to it being a neighborhood business, we want them all of our locations to do what's important in their neighborhood and to their staff and to their community. So making sure that they can go out and do whatever it is that they need to do that's going to make that difference. And how does all of that pile on top of each other to make the big difference that we're able to make with all of our locations? Ah, that's great. That is great. So one more question about the brand before I go into some specifics for franchisees. So I noted that you are backed by the powerhouse Rorick Capital through what's called Youth Enrichment Brands. And it's a fairly new arrangement. What does this mean for franchisees? Yeah, it's uh, it's fairly new. Like you said, it started, I believe it was in June when all of that was finalized. Um, and for franchisees, it gives them the opportunity to reach additional people for, through our sister brands wow. in a way that they not might not have been able to before. And so, you know, like, for example, I9 Sports is one of our sister brands. We have very similar demographics. U.S. Sports Camps is one of our sister brands. They are more on the um, the higher range, like older kids into adults, like, you know, the couple week, week long, two week long sports camps. Yeah. But we touch all of the same people, but there's not a ton of crossover. There's some crossover. We went, you know, we did all of the metrics on how many people were a streamlined customer, also an I-9 customer, also a U.S. sports camps customer. And there is some crossover, but there's so much opportunity. So we are working on different co-marketing initiatives. What can we do that we can do together? We can partner up franchisees in the local market. They can go to an event together. They can host an event together. Or they can send joint emails to all of their customers. And, you know, if it's an I-9 customer, why there's no reason that they also shouldn't be doing swim lessons. If you're doing swim lessons, then you know what, you probably want to go play baseball or soccer too. So we can tell about those things and, you know, educate people and have the ability to reach out to those customers directly in a way that we wouldn't be able to if we weren't all part of the same company. Yeah, that collaboration is going to pay off. I mean, how could it not? And franchisees will benefit. So yeah, that's terrific. Let's talk about a couple of things you provide your franchisees. So you have a common platform for the back office of the school. And can you tell us what that includes? Yeah, so that's something that no one else in our industry has um, in the swim school space is we have a call center function for all of our franchisees so that they don't have to worry about the some of the things, the day-to-day stuff, people calling in, um, wanting to change their lessons, or they want to register, or they have a question about something. Our call center knows what is going on in all of our schools and can answer those questions just like the school could, but then the school doesn't have to. So we take that off their plate. Um, they also do all of the billing functions for the schools. So all of those administrative functions that have to happen to make a business run, but we know how to do them. So we've just 
glommed it all together and we let our team handle it for the franchisees so that they can focus on growing their business and they can focus on the operations of their business and getting into the community and all that stuff. It takes that administrative piece off of them and frees them up to do those other things. It's especially helpful in the hosted locations where they don't have a front desk. They're renting that water. They don't have a place where people come in and, you know, can talk to somebody at the front desk that is a safe splash employee or a swimtastic employee. It's the whoever's at the front desk of that facility. Mm-hmm. So they can't just go whenever they want. They might not be there every day. So it really helps them too to take that off of them when they don't have that team in place. It's really, if you think about what franchising is, it's you are buying into a business model, but this is a business model on steroids. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, that's fantastic. And that's the kind of work not everyone's great at. So to have that... Um, yeah provided is wonderful. Let's talk a little bit about marketing since you are the marketing expert. So in reading your FDD, you have a marketing fee that you've called strategic marketing and promotions fee. What's included in that? Yeah, so that funds everything that we do at the brand level. Um, We look at it in a couple different ways. Um, We really have like a priority stack of what we pay for out of that money. The first thing is any people and human resources. So the marketing team that is supporting them. So making sure that we have the right people in place to manage all of the processes and systems and support that the franchisees need. So that's the very first thing, because if we don't have the right people in the right seats, it's not going to be good for anybody. Second, assets and campaign development. So making sure that we have the tools that we, the like, you know, the photos and whatever marketing materials they need to give to the franchisees to be able to go and promote their business. That's the second thing that is the priority. Then we look at programs, tools, and resources. So what programs make it easier for them to run their business? Things that we can do as a whole with all 250 locations that they couldn't do on their own if they were just one location. They're not going to be able to go out and build a relationship with a digital marketing partner that would be not crazy expensive for just one location. But if we can do it as a whole, um, we can do that on their behalf and then we can manage that partnership. So what other things can we do that make their life easier so that, you know, it's more turnkey for them. They don't have to worry about, you know, taking the time to learn all of these different things. They didn't get into this business to be a marketer. They wanted to run a swim school. And so what can we give them? What tools and programs can make that easier for them? Um, the second, the next one is brand partnerships. So things that we can do that they can't. So the Ironman partnership that you were talking about, um, Missy Franklin is one of our brand ambassadors. Those different things that, again, you couldn't do as one location. What, what we have the ability and the power and the scale and numbers to be able to do that. Then we look at different things like what's next in the industry? What innovation can we go out and you know test something can we pilot something what are we what is research showing that people are doing in not only the swim school industry but youth enrichment what does that look like we don't want them spending their time on that because again they have businesses to run so you know what can we do so that we're staying on top of things so that they don't have to sh- chase every shiny thing we're going to vet those shiny things and if it makes sense for us then we'll put it into the plan um and then lastly any money that we have left over we use on media spend that we put right back into the markets you know, it just just listening to you talk, Ashley, it's so obvious that really and truly you and Streamline care about your franchisees and letting them run their business while yes. you take care of all the others. So that just really shines through. And but speaking of what was interesting to me was it also stated in your FDD that franchisees can create their own advertising and promotional materials, though you approve them. How does that work? And has anyone actually done that? 
Yeah. Most people don't do it. Um, and honestly, it's because of what I just said, like they didn't get into it to be marketers and we don't want them. We don't encourage them to do it because we have graphic designers on our team and we create everything and we provide templated materials. That it's as turnkey as possible. And if they have, you know, special requests that they need, they can just submit a marketing request and we turn it around fairly quickly and can get them whatever they need. Um, so most people don't do it. I think in the year, almost two years that I've been here, I want to say like maybe five things that I've had to approve. And for the most part, it was just like they put a logo on something and that's what I had to approve. So for the most part, they don't do it. Um, but we like, you know, we want to make sure that everything we're doing is for the neighborhood. So everything we do is, you know, for the brand and we have all the templates. But if there's a reason it doesn't work in their market, they can come to us and say, this doesn't work in my market because of X, Y, and Z. And then we tweak it and make sure it does work in their market. That makes total sense. It's kind of great. You don't spend much time approving that. That speaks highly of the work <laughs> you team do. So I also noticed there are some requirements for local advertising investments. And maybe you could talk about that. Yeah. So on top of the strategic marketing fund, fund fee that they pay. Um, they also have to invest that same amount back in their community. And that really is a mixture of a lot of different things. A lot of it is adding to their digital media spend. Um, sometimes they'll work with, you know, different like parenting blogs or influencers, um, doing events. Events are a huge thing in our space. Um, you know, there are some times where they might work with like a print publication that's few and far between these days, but it is something that, you know, possibly they could do doing in-school events. It's kind of all over the place, depending on their market and what works in their market. And so we have a marketing plan that they have to fill out. We walk them through it in the initial training phase and we break it down into, okay, you need some brand awareness tactics. You need some lead generating tactics and explain to them what all of those things are, how they can use them. And then, really make sure that they're crystal clear that the one thing that they really need to do is understand their market and then come back to us and say, okay, based on my market, this is what I know about my market. Help me develop what is that media mix look like? And so we really hold their hand through that process. Um, we actually just started having um, a local marketing consultant as well so that she's really dedicated to just helping them develop those plans and how are they, what are the strategies they're using? Are they tracking it? Because we you know make sure that everybody knows that a marketing plan is a living breathing document mm -hmm. it's not a set it and forget it make sure mm -hmm. you're tracking it and you know what actually is having return how do you you know how do you justify that money that you're spending is it actually getting people in the pool because at the end of the day that's what we want and so that's how we operate that process it's not something where we you know check and go and yell at people if they're not spending 2%, they're all spending more than the 2%. Right. Uh, at the end of the day, it ha you know, and it's not something that we want them to spend money just to spend money. We want them to get people in the pool. And if they can get people in the pool, cool. I don't, if, if you're not getting people in the pool, then we'll talk about what are you doing? How much money are you spending? But otherwise you're good. <laughs> that, make, that makes total sense. So do you have an example of one of the best local campaigns you've seen or events? Um... I mean, all of our franchisees do a really great job. It's all about just being in their community and taking what we do and translating it to that local level. And they all do a really great job of that. We try and give them as many like options of resources that they have so that they can pick and pull from what it is that they want. We put out quarterly playbooks that are like, here's everything that we have. Here is all of the materials for this quarter take these and you don't have to do every single thing in this little book, 
but sit down with it and help this use this to develop your marketing plan. If you do that, pick the things that make sense for your market and then just go out there and do them and tell us what resources you need to do it. So, you know, they all do a pretty good job of that. Wow. A quarterly playbook. And I'm sure that includes some social media. Yes. So do your franchisees use your account or they have separate accounts? They all have their own. So we set them up for them. It's a parent child relationship. They all get set up underneath each brand. We own the pages, but then we give them access to them and it's their responsibility to actually activate on those pages. So we do use a social scheduling platform tool that we will push down brand content for them, but then they have to add that local flair. So there's some things that make sense. And for all of our locations, that's the stuff that we will push. But then we, you know, tell them, again, you're part of your neighborhood, take pictures of the success that that kid's having in the pool or take a picture of, you know, that person in the tank and then maybe at the finish line of their Ironman competition, post that stuff, um, you know, post about your instructors, post about when you're doing training. People want to see that your staff knows what they're doing and that they're having fun and they love their job. You can use it for recruiting as well. Um, they have to respond to the messages and they respond to the comments. But other than that, you know, it's something that they just have to really capture what makes their school that location specific to that location while staying within the brand guidelines. <laughs> Gosh, that is, you really provide a ton of marketing support to your franchisees. It is extremely impressive. Ashley, you've just had quite a career. If I think about, I have a couple last questions for you. If you think about this great career you've had, what are you most proud of? I'm probably most proud of the teams that I've built and been a part of, um, because to me, that's what it's all about. It's all about the people that you work with and the things that you're able to accomplish together. And I have been very fortunate to always have joined great teams. I've never, you know, really been in an environment that's not super supportive. And how can we all work together and make it happen? And I think that's what I'm the most proud of is just all the things that I've been able to accomplish because of the people around me. Ah, oh, that I love that. Thank you. And my last question is, is there anything you wish you had known when you entered franchising? You talked about being in it accidentally, probably the same as I am. I was. <laughs> so is there anything you wish you had known when you entered? Um, I think I wish that I would have learned faster how great of a community it is and how you can ask anyone anything and they will help you. And I think that's so specific to franchising. Maybe it's not. Maybe there's another industry that's like that that I haven't worked in. But I don't think that people realize how collaborative it is. It's such a big community, but it's also really small. It's like everybody knows everyone. Yeah. Um, you know, every conference you go to is like a family reunion. I mean, IFA this past year, because it was our first one in person since, you know, early 2020 was like ridiculous because everybody had to see everyone and you turned a corner and saw somebody else that you knew. And I think like just knowing that sooner, I probably would have learned faster because I didn't think at the time I was just trying to figure it out. I didn't know, oh, I can just call somebody that I might not even know and say, what are you doing for this thing? And they will probably tell me and give me yes. advice. <laughs> and so I think if I would have known that sooner, I mean, I know that now and it's great. Um, and it's why people don't leave franchising, I think. But um, I think if I would have known it sooner, I could have learned faster. <laughs> I totally understand that. And I couldn't agree more, but thank you so much, Ashley. I feel like I could talk to you forever. You have so many great insights. Thank you for being our guest on Franchise U. Thank you. Thanks for having me. 
Franchise You is brought to you by the Yum Center for Global Franchise Excellence at the University of Louisville. For more information on the center, visit business.louisville.edu slash yumcgfe. Thank you for listening to Franchise You.